heart with these words, Harley was dead. It was his death. There's no doubt about whatever about that. The register of his burial was signed by the clergyman, the clerk, the undertaker, and the chief mourner. It proves his name was given. Remember that story? Charles Dickens took his there. Familiar story. Remember the scenes that led up to his transformation, his night of transformation? Christmas Eve, Scrooge has gone home mumbling and complaining because nobody's going to be working tomorrow and he's going to lose money because they're not there. He gets home and he's a little startled by something he sees on the doorknob and thinks it's Marley's face and closes and locks his, all the doors and locks his bedroom door even. And then this bell of this room that never is rung before starts ringing. And when it stops, there's a clanking noise deep down in below as if some person were dragging a heavy chain over the barrel of the cellar. The cellar door slides open with, with a booming sound and and they heard the noise much louder on the floors below, and then coming up the stairs, and then coming straight towards his door. It's humbug, says Scrooge. I won't believe it. Charlie Chase, though, and without a pause, is getting through the heavy door and passed into the room before his eyes. One is coming in with dying flame, and his fireplace leaps out as though he cried, I know him! Marley's ghost! He fell back again. Plain face. Very faint. Marley's ghost. And he's gone in behind him in pain. He's wrapped around him. said Scrooge. Tell me why. I wear the chain I forged in life, replied the ghost. I made it link by link and yard by yard. I girded it on of my own free will, and of my own free will I wore it. Is this pattern strange to you? Scrooge trembled more and more. Or would you know the truth is that the weight Full as heavy and as long as this seven Christmas Eves ago. You have labored on it since. It is a ponderous chain. Scrooge glanced about him on the floor in expectation of finding himself surrounded by fifty or sixty fathoms of iron sheets. But he could see nothing. Well, you all know that. That chain, 
changed, formed, and forged, are we said by His own free will? And you have one too, Steve. And I have one. I can't see it. Bruce couldn't see his. My sins are invisible. But I know the burden of death. at this time of year, because this is one of the times of year where we most often end up in trouble, and that recognizes the According to nerdwallet.com, and if you cannot trust somebody who names their blog nerdwallet, please send me a check. I check these statistics as they are. According to NerdWallet.com, as of December 2014, I guess that would be this year, right now, families in the United States carrying a load of debt have increased. Average credit card debt, $16,608. Those are the ones who have credit cards. That's the average. Average mortgage debt. $54,847. Average student loan debt, $32,397. So if you're the one person who's been using your credit card, bought a house, and gone to college, Some of our sins are not financial. Some of our sins are formed not by debt owed to someone else, but by something even harder than that. Who are we talking about that? Yes, Matthew chapter 18. One day as Jesus was teaching about forgiveness, Peter came to him and asked this question, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? I don't know what Peter was thinking when Jesus said no, but I'm pretty sure I know what he was hoping. I don't know. Because Peter's the kind of guy that would rather sort of whack, try to whack your head off. So he's going good. When do I get to pull it out and get it? Jesus said, 
seven times, Peter. Seventy times seven. The math is equal to his work. The math is equal to ninety times. Even if you were to actually keep track of it, you know what would happen if you forgave somebody 490 times if they offended you on the 491st time? You would be in the habit of forgiving them and you would automatically forgive them. Jesus would make that happen. Puts the standard pretty high though, doesn't it? Always forgive. Start arguing with him. He just was good at this. He couldn't help but enjoy it. Because his story was coming out on him. The kingdom of heaven, God's family. Then he compared to a king who decided to bring his house up to date with the servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. So his master, according to the laws and culture of the time, his master says, sell him and his family and everything he owns. If he ever gets a worse off, I'm going to let him go through. Jesus says, so the man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me. I will pay it all. fellow servant fell down before him, begged for a little more time, said, Be patient with me, and I will pay it all. But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put into prison for the debt that he paid in court. Told the man he had forgiven him, and he said, What were you thinking? 
death of his kids. Because you're evil servant. I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Did an angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he paid the debt to his higher debt? Now, here's the closing line. Let's just call this a prayer. Jesus said, That's what my heavenly Father will do to you if you do the truth to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. Not 
unforgiving allows seeds of bitterness to grow roots deep into your soul until it sucks the life and the love out of you. Notice for his fruit, he did not start out a hard-hearted, mean person. He was deeply in love with somebody. But he found his security in the wrong thing, in money. And he was heartbroken over and over again because of his position. His anger at others. Until everyone basically was pure. If you put up with him, they would work for him. They borrowed money from him, but only because he gave them something. The serious price of all. The serious price of all is that when you refuse to forgive, it separates you from God's forgiveness. Somebody hurts you, offends you, or lets you down. You feel like they owe you, don't you? You, you want to get even for what they failed to do. You, you want you want them to pay you for what they did. Hanging on to that that debt chains you to the things of the past. Forgiveness is not denying or turning a blind eye to what happened. It is not saying it really wasn't that big a deal. If you need to forgive somebody, it is a big deal. Okay, the Bible tells us to bear with one another, and it says forgive each other whatever grievances you have. What is bearing with each other? Are we just putting up with the fact that we're not all alike? Some of us can be irritated. I woke up this morning and told my wife that the meeting yesterday, I feel like I need to apologize to the entire human race for my existence. Do I hear an amen? Okay, well, how about, how about a no forgiveness? That would be nice. 
was really stressed out yesterday. Apparently, I didn't hide it very well. That's not forgiveness. That's not denial. That's stupid. Forgiveness is not excusing, justifying, or proving, or proving what was done. It is not saying, well, we were having a really bad day. And we touched me in the nose. It was, you know, my fault. I took it off. Forgiveness is not allowing harmful behavior to continue. Forgiveness is not demanding change before we forgive. Forgiveness is not taking revenge ourselves. Forgiveness is not stuffing our feelings down and saying, well, I forgot all about it.
says that he wants us to forgive like he's forgiven us. It's a superhuman, impossible cost left to ourselves. And he never leaves it to ourselves if we won't have it. We choose to forgive. But even when we don't feel like it, forgiveness is an act of the will.
Jesus tells us to forgive. All he's asking us to do is take our hands off of that person's sin and say, Jesus, you take care of it. It's not my problem anymore. Yes, it hurt me.
just think what kind of freedom we could forge in our lives and in our families and in our communities if we would learn to freely forgive the way Jesus does. Forgiveness is a choice and a process that requires God's grace to work in us and through us and for us. This morning I'm going to share with you a prayer I, I discovered thanks to a friend of mine, Tim Rea. It's a, a prayer by a former staff member lieutenant, Peter Marshall, a long time ago. Peter Marshall was known for a lot of things. He was a great teacher and a great pastor. Staff member lieutenant. Share this prayer. I want to be praying this prayer with you. Follow along and use whatever choice I give this morning. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you know me completely. You know I have steadily refused to forgive anyone who has wronged me. Yet I have the audacity to seek your forgiveness for my own.
Most of us, we are in a movie called Oliver. 